Hey, hey, hey. How's it going, you guys? We have two different segments for you today. The first one is an interview with Adam from Standout Sports Hockey. He will be talking about his new business that he started and the importance of using highlight videos for getting recruited and exposure to areas outside of where you live and all this different stuff that I think is very informative and you should all give it a listen. Then we're going to switch gears to a new segment that is called Quarantine Q&A. So there's a couple boys that I've been living with this quarantine. My boyfriend, Tyler Dill, his best friend, Jasper Corkenbarley, Zach Dill, and Zach Dill's best friend, Eric Larson. The crew's kind of crazy, so I hope you guys enjoy the Q&A. It's just general hot topics that I wanted to get their opinions on. So let's go ahead and jump into this awesome podcast. Go ahead and give it a review. Give it five stars. I would really appreciate that so much. Thank you. See, how's it going? Kelsey, it's going great. How are you doing? Pretty good. I'm so happy to finally get to talk to you. Yeah, same, same. Do you want to give a little breakdown of who you are and what your business is? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I got a company out here located in... BC and Ontario, and we basically make highlight reels professionally for hockey players and soccer players, but our business started in hockey, and it's probably where we get most of it from, and have been for the last three and a half years in, so yeah, guys and girls, so yeah. That's awesome, and you said that you didn't play at a high level, but you did play hockey, correct? Oh, I played, yeah, I played, I played for fun, and I played... (laughs) Whatever I can, playing training at the ranks and rec league, men's league, but nothing too crazy. It just wasn't something that I had the opportunity to get into seriously when I was younger. So. Mm-hmm. You had a passion for videography, and you combined it with your love of the sport to create standout sports hockey? Yeah, in a way. I was more a business guy. Like, I love business. I think business is the ultimate sport, and I have my best friend. He's a uh, videographer and expert filmmaker, and I actually, me and him started it with sort of my business acumen and his video expertise and just the hockey knowledge I've accumulated over the last, like, 25 years just (laughs) watching a lot of hockey in person, on TV, and my friends, everything. Nice. (laughs) And you told me that you're a big stats nerd. Are you into uh, sports trivia? Yeah, yeah, I like I like sports trivia. I like the um, advanced stats that they're coming out with for hockey. I still think there's a bit of stuff that's uh, lacking, but um, yeah, trivia is awesome. Uh, stats like the Corsi and the Fenwick, and just seeing how it's all coming together mm-hmm. from that side. And yeah, what do you think they're lacking in? I think honestly, they're lacking two things. Number one defenseman there's not too many advanced stats that can predict how good a defenseman is and how valuable they are to their team and uh same with goalies i think save percentage is a little outdated and i think that maybe they are doing a little more than i'm uh, led to believe but i think more could be done to highlight goalies that aren't just on good teams and you know how do you measure a goalie who's on a bad team that's making a lot of saves other than the save percentage right because my, it might fluctuate, but, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I haven't really thought about that before, but I really like that. Yeah, especially for defensemen, too. Like, for me, a defenseman is valuable when they're stopping another team 
from, you know, gaining like a zone entry and establishing good zone presence. But there's no stat that says, hey, that defenseman just denied them entry at the blue line and turned the puck up ice. Mm-hmm. They don't keep track of that. Not even at the pros. So, yeah, there's still a lot to be done, I think. Definitely. How long has Standout Sports been a business for? Uh, 3.5 years. So I guess this is year four. <laughs> year four. That's awesome. And it's just you and your business partner? We have a couple other people involved in the company. We have another editor, and then we have a couple of filmers in Ontario and BC that come out on shoots with us. Okay. And the videos are mostly for recruiting? We make them for three reasons. Recruiting is probably the, the main reason, but it's, uh, we say it's for recruiting, analysis, and memories. So the analysis side is like you can watch yourself play, you can get your full shifts from a game exported, uh, we call it, it's a product we call full shifts. Mm-hmm. So that's like just period by period, every time you step on the ice you can see what you look like, versus like a recruiting video where we're filtering out the bad, <laughs> like the stuff where, you know, it didn't go your way. Whereas full shift, there's no editing, it's just the good, the bad, the ugly, or the really good. <laughs> <laughs> So you guys sit down and break that down with them, or they take that video and then bring it in to a coach of their own to break that down with them? Uh, we, we offer both. Okay. Nice. Yeah, uh, typically, like, if you're getting a recruiting video, then we're going to, we're breaking it down. If you get full shifts, then we're going to break it down by period. And a lot of people, they'll give the full shifts later on in the process to a coach who's not necessarily looking to get that initial spark or that interest, mm-hmm. but for when they're deeper in the recruiting process and they want an objective view. What is the age range that you guys are working with? Is it mostly kids trying to get scouted for college? Yeah, it, it depends on the sport. Uh, for hockey in particular, where a lot of players start out at Bantam, they get their first tape, and then right up until junior on the guy side and then on the girl side in Canada you pretty much only play midget right to university so on the girl side it's just purely girls looking to go play college university hockey on the guy side it's a bit of both so we get guys that are looking to go play junior from Bantam and uh I guess they don't call it Bantam anyway like U15, U16, U18 etc to go get into those junior leagues so that they can take that next step. Have you noticed an increase in girls reaching out to you in the past couple of years? I think that the girls' game is growing faster than the guys' game in some respects. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, girls' hockey in the States especially is, is huge. I didn't even realize how big girls' hockey was in America until we started the business. I had some friends back home that played, and you know, it was a thing, like just because there's guys' girls' hockey, but when you really get into the the trees and the forest of what it really is, there's a lot going on that uh, you don't really notice because it's not as publicized, which I think is a shame. I think there's a lot of great players out there. You know, if they had the same opportunity, they'd be rising, rising just like the guys, right? So, I mean, they've tried with different professional leagues, but I think they need to do something to give them uh, something to work towards and look forward to after, you know, playing university hockey. Yeah, that's one of the things that I want to do with this podcast is really help get the spread out about women's hockey and these pro girls. And some of my friends were telling me, they're like, you should just do like strictly the girls' side of the game. And I was like, well, 
a lot of people don't realize that there's a professional women's league because they only watch the guys' hockey. So I think the best exposure for the girls is to almost mix it with the guys, such as, like, the all-star game they had this year where they had yeah. the Olympian girls do their mini game. Yeah, and, and you know, stuff like that is just going to keep snowballing. I think, truly and honestly, I think they need more heroines to look up to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's even... Aside from the leagues, like, just giving those pro players, giving those, like, Olympic players that publicity to inspire that new generation, right? Because it's a fairly new thing, even, like, I'm 30 now. So, like, seeing after Nagano Olympics in 98, how it just caught fire, it's uh, it's pretty special, right? Yeah, it is. What did you want to touch on in this podcast? What do you think it's important for you to get across to everyone listening? I think just that, you know, we're out here, we're the company that does this at a really high level and, you know, Standout Sports cares about every single one of their customers and we can basically work with footage that either we film, that teams film, that parents have access to, or that parents film themselves. And we're really trying to, in year four, establish that, you know, we're going to train parents how to film better. We're going to be putting videos on our YouTube channel, best practices for goalies, for players, how to film your team the best. These are the types of things that we're trying to get out because, you know, we're not limited by the border or geography if we're able to accomplish this. So we want people to know that if they want to know how to film, contact us and we'll set them up and we'll edit for them as well. Wow, that's a really good idea. I like that. Most of your in-person stuff is in your geography, or do you travel around? Yeah, we we travel around quite a bit. Like, we recently just expanded to Ontario prior to this whole COVID stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, even when we're based out of BC, we we go from Victoria, we go to Calgary. We're based in the Okanagan, so it's in between, say, Vancouver and Calgary. And then we do an event called the College Hockey Showcase down in uh, Fort Myers, Florida. Yeah, we're, we're just trying to find more events, more places to set up event side of things because there's a main difference of what we do at an event versus, like, the editing. Because at an event, you know, we have a two-person camera crew, and we also add GoPros up on the glass for goalies if they are working with us. Or if we have too many, like, we also film more than one player in a game. So to get, like, a GoPro stuck up on one end, have another person ice level on the other, and somebody roving center ice. Like, we're getting pretty extensive coverage at this amateur sort of youth level that is pretty much unheard of prior to us. How much does this help improve the chances of a kid getting noticed? I would say astronomically, mainly for the re- Like, there's two reasons, and it's geography in Canada and budget of the places where these players are going and it, it differs between the guys and the girls and like what's available to these people making these decisions but I think firstly if you're looking at the, the female side of things there's a high percentage of programs that are on the east coast New York say Massachusetts maybe you get some Minnesota but other than that like it's not really spread out throughout the country where a lot of these programs, and maybe you get some in the ACHA that are, but, you know, the main issue is that a girl playing in British Columbia, Canada, if, they're not, if they don't want to play U-sport, they, they want to go down to the States. Well, 
it's really expensive to travel in Canada, number one. And it's even more expensive when, you know, you're, you have budgets you got to get to showcases. And for a player not to use a video, like, they basically have a very slim chance of getting the college coach of their choice to watch their game unless they film it. And unfortunately, on the girls' side, hockey TV isn't as prevalent. You got a couple girls leagues on there, but then you got like the uh, the JWHL. They're doing an excellent job of uh, filming their games. So, but if you're not in the JWHL, you're not like a prep school league, and you're trying to get your name out there, video is really your only option, especially if you're in a uh, geographical location that requires these East Coast schools to come out and see you, right? And cross the border, especially now when you can't even cross the border. Yeah, I would not be surprised if you guys took off this year. I know the um, the league that my boyfriend's playing in in college, they're just doing, well, they're not doing anything until January, and then there's talks of only playing within their conference. So I'm sure that's the same. Yeah. Like the girls out here in California, I doubt they'll be traveling to any of the tournaments on the East Coast. Yeah. Exactly. And even like the, the fact that there's no large gatherings, it's going to be hard to get big showcases together where, you know, you get a couple hundred people out and multiple ranks and all kinds of scouts in the stands. It's like, good luck if you can even get your parents in the stands, right? Yeah. Wow. That's actually a really good point. I didn't even think about that. Have you noticed that your business has been getting more traction since COVID started? Like, have we noticed an increase because of it? Yeah. Not, well, we haven't really say we haven't had the opportunity to really test the waters yet because literally nothing's been going on Mm -hmm. um but i'm pretty sure like i can only speculate but given these circumstances i wouldn't be surprised in any case like we have our our plan we're ready to go for what we have targeted up here but um that's why we're starting to create more content we're trying to put it on youtube that you know if your organization or if your player or a couple players on the team want this done, we're the guys to call because we will set you up with like gear recommendations, all these things for this new era of like new sports, right? Yeah, so you guys give gear recommendations then? Do you have any, you said you have your YouTube page. Do you have any workshops yeah. online to, to help parents learn how to do the videos and everything? We don't put them on, we haven't put them online just yet, and we don't have our player ones available, but we do have one for goalies that we've had for the last year and a half that we send out to goalie parents. Okay. Because, you know, goalies have a, a bit of a different go at all of this. It's, uh, they, they have, they have the best and the worst case scenario, right? Because they have the best in the sense that, you know, when you're a goalie, you're going to get shots, you're going to get an ability to showcase as long as you got that GoPro behind the glass, but you could also be, you're at the mercy of the opposition, right, and your own team, like you could get lit up, you could also just get no shots because your team lit the other team up, so personally, if you're a goalie and you take our little training course and uh, you're filming it right, you know, any game you can get footage from, and it's, um, it's one of those things that it's super easy to do, like we don't even need to be there at the ranks, if a goalie parent could just keep sending us footage and we can just slice it and dice it to make it a recruiting tool, an analysis tool, and a memories tool. 
Okay, yeah, that sounds really helpful. I feel like the average parent wouldn't necessarily have the best videographer skills, and just doing that little bit would really help their kid take off in the sport. Yeah, I mean, you got to be, like, you know, pretty tall, too, as a goalie, but <laughs> you can't be tight, right? Yeah, very true. Do you guys help the players network at all? Kind of. Like, this isn't a service that is part of, like, something that we charge for. We just like to help people. Mm-hmm. So, like, say parent gets the video for their kid, they love it, but they have no clue how to use it. Well, we have a whole guide on how to, like, well, first, even before the networking and all that, um, the funny thing is, is, like, even though these things are pretty easy to use, the, there's a huge technology gap between parents and coaches and players. It is quite astounding. So the first thing that we do is we have a guide on, A, how to download your video, how to upload it to a YouTube channel, and how to share the link. Because you'd be surprised, I'd say about maybe 10% of parents know how to do that successfully without any training. So further to that, now we're talking about, okay, that well, we've just given you the free guide with all the links and every tool you need, instruction, how to download it, do all the distribution. Now, I think you touched on, do we help players network? Yes. Yes and no. Like, we do in the sense that we'll tell them, here's an email template to use to send your video out. Here's how to, like, objectively use your video. And one of the main things that we do, too, is we, when we make your recruiting video, we give you two versions, like a long and a short version. And what we do with that, and the logic behind that is, we advise people to send their short version out to create that initial spark, like, oh, okay, this person's a defenseman and they're they're good skater, this is the identity. Usually what happens when you send a short video, they're like, do you have any more footage? Well, yeah, I got the main version, which is like five to eight minutes long. And one thing that I should mention, too, is that we have this unique thing called the tracking icon. That's what we call it. But it's essentially we put a a little icon above the player's head. And it's kind of like when you see uh, when you're playing the video game NHL, you know exactly which player you're supposed to watch in the video. When we when we send our videos out, we're we're just advising people, yeah, don't say, you know, here's my video, blah blah blah. It's like use the short version, try to create that spark. Are you interested? I have some more footage. Start the conversation, get the ball rolling. And uh, with respect to where to send it, we we give people a directory of teams and we show them resources and point them in the right direction. If they have questions, like, we're, we're trying to build a relationship with this family, and they can just call us up, and if they have any questions, they can just ask us, and that's not something we charge for. That's just, like, part of our customer service that we're trying to, you know, put out into the world. Wow, I'm really liking what I'm hearing about your business. It sounds phenomenal. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Is there anything in the future that you think you guys will branch out into, or do you think you're going to stick strictly with mostly video portions of the game yeah we're, we're going to be strictly video uh, for the foreseeable future as long as we're in business recruiting videos full shift videos tracking these are the things that we built the business on that aren't going to go away for us the only thing that i can see as branching out to is a there's two things actually so a is where because my uh, my business partner he's a really good filmmaker Everything you need to know about making a movie, he can do. So we're going to try to get into telling some stories, documentaries. Either we're going to produce them in-house or we're going to try to get funding through the Canadian sort of media fund to put these things together. But 
we want to tell some really cool stories of players who overcame some adversity and who are who are just able to you know bridge their own gaps and you know rise to their own uh, level of success. And uh, B, because we you know we do all our web design in house, we built our own e-commerce store, all the graphics, all the labels. We're starting sort of a uh, we call it digital construction. So we can build a store from scratch, right? So if you have an idea, we can put it on a website and build you your own e-commerce store. And uh, that's sort of the direction we're going to be taking. Uh, and we're not going to advertise it, say, huge. Like our business and what we do is we make recruiting videos for hockey and soccer. But we just kind of have it in the back burner. If somebody wants that, you know, you can call us. We can do that, too. Nice. And how did soccer come into the picture? Yeah, I mean, soccer is the sport that I was able, fortunate enough to uh, play at a decent level uh, when I was growing up. Like, I played for my city, high school, and uh, we actually never planned on starting with soccer. We actually started, tried to do baseball, and we did some softball for some girls' teams and a couple baseball games. We even made a little four-episode TV show that was shown on local local cable about this uh college baseball team in our town, but um, it became apparent to us that baseball is not the most ideal sport for filming because of how the sport's played, how, like, players don't put together as many highlights. Like, a player can be, you know, over three at the plate, get, like, one pop fly hit to them, and that's their game highlights, right? Like, nobody wants to pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, at least in hockey and soccer, it's continuous, there's always a flow, and there's team, there's a team aspect to it, right? 90 minutes or 60 minutes, you're going to put together highlights. Like, it's, we've done hundreds and hundreds of these, and it's very rare nobody puts a highlight together from a game. Like, you have to really stink to not get a highlight video from a game. So, soccer was just, like, the next best uh, one for us because we have the knowledge to know what a good player looks like. And uh, funny enough, if you're on YouTube and you watch a lot of soccer you would have noticed that since YouTube came out, people have just been making highlight videos for soccer and, like, their favorite players for the last longest time. Like, you can find pretty much any player, and there's a highlight reel for their skills or their goals or their defending. So, yeah, like, it's a lot different. Like, you get it for the NHL, but you don't get it for the obscure players in the way that soccer has just grown to just have such a library of highlight reels for players. So it's just the next best thing, and just the sheer number of soccer players in Canada and the U.S. just dwarfs hockey. So it presents its own unique challenges for filming, but um, it's uh, you know there's a reason we're doing it, and uh, it's it's growing probably faster than the hockey side of business. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking because I know how long it takes me to edit a podcast. How long does it take you to break down and edit through just one game video? It would, it would depend. There's a lot of factors that, say, contribute to the length of the editing time, but the main thing is how many players are in the game, because that, you know, one of the things that has really propelled us is being able to do more than one player from the game. So when we're doing a team, we can still cut a video because of with the two-angle setup and our editing style. We can do, like, the most we've done in a single hockey game is 18 unique players from the same game. So that takes significantly longer than one player. You know, it, it, it's a couple hours at least, and that's there's a couple different factors you have to look into. But yeah, it takes hours of time. I yeah. think this is awesome. We're doing an overhaul of our website to sort of change it to a 
an easier way to digest the information. Yeah. So uh, as soon as we're done that, we're going to be done that next week. And we're pairing with our launch. We just did a new partnership with the, the Eastern Hockey League down in uh, New Hampshire, Boston, to Maryland area. Mm-hmm. So by the 17th of next week, we'll have our new website ready to go. That's awesome that you guys just got that partnership. So does that mean that you're doing all of their videos? Oh, yeah. For the players who are in that league, we can essentially use any game from Hockey TV because we have a license with them as well to uh, use their content to make player videos. Um, so anyone who's on Hockey TV, we can edit their video. And that just happened recently in, like, May. So it's been a unique development for us to now figure, hey, we're not just selling videos at events, but any game that's on this platform, we're able to use to create that player's video. So the amount of opportunities people have now to, you know, and they can even go back in time. If you want your game from 2016 into a highlight reel, we can do that too. Just go back and talk kind of like time traveling, right? <laughs> Is that often that people want something from a couple years back? Yeah, yeah. Some, like, that's, that's why we say it's like three parts, like recruiting side of it for the present and where you're going, the analysis. Well, I'd say recruiting is the future, analysis is the present, obviously memories are the past. Like, you know, sometimes you could have scored that goal that made your team advance to the final or won the championship, and nobody filmed it. You couldn't access it, but now you can. Well, I think we touched on all the questions that I had. Is there anything else that you want to add into this? You know, I mean, at the end of the day, we're just here to help people and make people happy, do a good job. So anybody who wants that and wants the best sports video they can get from people who care, give us a call and uh, we'll work with you. Perfect. Thank you so much. You can find us on Google. Uh, just Google Standout Sports and uh, you'll find us. Perfect. Thank you so much and thanks for talking with yeah. me. Oh, thanks so much for your time, Kelsey. Appreciate it. Have a good day. Thank you, Adam, for that interview. That was awesome. There is way 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 more benefits to recruitment videos right now with covid and if you're a senior looking for a college team or a junior team or wherever you're at and you're trying to get scouted i would definitely think about using his help in creating the perfect highlight video so you can reach people that are out of your geographical area and get noticed by the teams that you want to be noticed by. Let's go ahead and jump into the Q&A with Quarantine. All right, we're going to try out a new segment of the Q&A with the Quarantine Boys. This is quite a crew we have going. We have Tyler Dill, Eric Larson, Jasper Corkenbarley, and Zach Dill. And me. Tyler's brother. Tyler's brother. No. Tyler is Zach's brother. How's it going, guys? (laughs) So I wrote down a couple general questions, some controversial questions, and we're just going to get their opinions on them. First one, spinning off of my podcast with Aaliyah, should junior players be paid? No, they can't be. You can't go to college if you get paid. That's why you go to major junior. There are, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there, there are. are. Exist. Yeah, major junior, yeah. you get paid. So, you know, yeah, so if you can, if you want, you can take that route. But I have heard of the, the under-the-table payments that have happened in certain oh, yeah. junior leagues. Oh, yeah. Some quick ones. Some cars yeah, being I, sauced around. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some pretty good ones. Yeah. yeah. So, there, there definitely is some money. I actually almost went to a team in Canada in a shit league. For money? Yeah, for money under the table. $200 in my skates. It was like a week, 200 a week or something. And I was like, this league sucks. I'm not going to be able to college out of it. 
okay. Should uh, I yeah. drop names or anything for yeah, that? Like, yeah, you gotta yeah. keep that one on the low. Oh, yeah. It's hilarious. Should college players be paid, especially at those big schools like North Dakota or something where they're bringing in a lot of money? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think they're they're in college. If you really enjoy it, you would never, like, for college, I don't know. I think think college is good enough. Exactly. You can get so much more out of college. You can get the hottest girls. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I did not think you were going to go there. What do you mean? Yeah, what do you mean? I thought you were going to say so much out of college. You get like, but yeah, no, I'm talking about if you're a good college athlete. You get some <laughs> sexy ass girls. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I, I think honestly, like, there's potential. I understand the football getting paid, kind of. But, like, yeah, hockey, I just think the NCAA, yeah. They make so much money. The, the NFL makes so much money. for that. Like, hockey doesn't make that much no. money, so I. But, like, it's hard to, like, walk that line between it, why can a football player get paid and a hockey player can't. If they're mm-hmm. both Division One athletes, both putting in the same amount of work, like, yeah. why can they? So that's the tough but part. But, like, I it. see why they get paid. Like, it may, like, they're starting to in California, at least, which is sick. But you look at a guy like Zion Williamson. Like, he should have got paid in college, man. Like, the guy brought in. Oh, which I my point. He probably did. Back, back to my point. Probably. You know how many girls he got? college isn't about like making money already it's about having to have a good time fair enough i understand what and you're talking about but yeah i guess i guess that's part of college scholarships like yeah exactly it's like you're on a full scholarship technically you are getting paid see i thought about that too technically you are my mind you're not spending money therefore you're other students can't get exactly therefore yeah. you are in a semi way getting paid for yeah your skill level. as long as you understand it like that i think that's fine like yeah the cocky I'm, I'm ones, yeah, the cocky like ones that want to get paid already is kind of like dude you are like you're not paying for school like you're saving so much money exactly. yeah yeah <laughs> okay next question so i did some research and there is not a single openly gay player in the nhl at all and in football, there's a couple, but they all came out after they were retired, pretty much. How do you think the hockey community would react to openly gay players? I think it'd be no problem in the hockey world because there's so many good guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't think it would be discriminated. It's, it's, the tough part is, like, the derogatory terms that are consistently thrown around the locker room now mm-hmm. would yeah. be super tough for someone to come into. And, like, yeah. you would have to change locker room, like, lingo by a lot knowing that. And I think that's where their fear is. And the fear of not being accepted by, like, your teammates or other people in the league. But I think the hockey world is such, like, a good world to be in that I think Everyone's they would so they would supportive. accept. They would definitely accept if someone was honest about it. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I agree nothing, with there's that. There's definitely nothing worse than not getting accepted by your team, too. Like, yeah. yeah, that's the step of fear. Exactly. That's the fear. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, I agree. I think I think the hockey world is generally speaking, like, very accepting. Do you think it's ready for it? Yeah. I mean, I think the way things are going nowadays, yeah, I think I think it is. For sure, I think I think it'll be a huge. It would be a huge step for like the NHL, but like every level of hockey, mm-hmm. for sure. What do you look for in a dream program? Wow, a lot of winning, definitely a lot of winning. That's winning is the most important. Professionalism, yeah. the way they treat you, kind of you know, top to bottom, like starts with the equipment manager, right up to like. The GM, you know, if, like, if everyone's treating you really well, then it's going to make you want to work really hard and, like, treat them well by playing well for them because you are playing for their organization. So kind of just goes, you know, 
with that, it's a big thing for me. I think buy-in from both sides is so important. Like, if coaches are fully bought into their players and they believe in their players and they they are supporting their players and the players are bought into the coach, I think it's super. that's super important because then there's that trust where, like, if we if we go on a winning streak, like, and we go out, like, it's not an issue. Like, the coach trusts us. We try to trust our coach. I think that's a huge part of, like, being part of it. Yeah, but do you think you should be going out when you're losing? I don't think so. No, not when you're losing. Yeah, I think you just a losing streak. You're going going out, out isn't even that fun when you're losing. You're I don't just, think like, bummed out. I don't think it's that fun at all. Yeah. Wow. Is that losing? Is. No. Yeah. That's oh, yeah, yeah. If you're a loser, it's not that fun. <laughs> but, I mean, sometimes yeah. you need to relieve some stress. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree with that more too. If you're losing, sometimes you just gotta hit the reset button. No, that's for sure, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I don't know. What, we kind of got off topic yeah, there, but yeah. yeah, that professionalism in, yeah. in an organization is definitely like if they treat you like a pro, and like if you look at professional organizations how they're ran, like every player is treated so well, and that's what you look for at like lower levels of hockey because not everyone can get treated like NHL players, but if like everyone is with the same mindset of that they want to be treated like they are. And that'll yeah. make everyone play better. Just yeah. like exactly like Larson said, honestly. Yeah, he killed it. Yeah. Eric Dad definitely killed it. Dominated that. that but yeah, yeah, the losing streak going out. Yeah, we'll talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> was it quite on topic? Yeah, that was crazy. Another thing that I've been thinking about is it is a struggle for people of lower income to play hockey. Do you feel that the NCDC, where it's a free league, really helps with that? Or do you see more struggles with the free league and the NCDC? Yeah, the NCDC didn't need to be free. Um, when it was, like, cost money, it made way more sense. But now it's, like, the way it's free is just, like, you take money from the lower-end teams, which yeah. sucks. Because now the kids that aren't that good and want to pay money to get better have to pay even more money mm-hmm. so the good kids can get better, which kind of sucks to see in the hockey world. But Yeah, it does. I mean, I... Everyone wants you, to play for free. Exactly. Played, so I, exactly. I mean, that's why I was just going to say, you know, I was pretty spoiled with that, and it totally, like, kind of changes it. And I even... Because, I mean, I would talk to the guys on those lower-end teams, and you realize pretty quickly those are the ones that are paying for you to be there. Yeah. yeah. And it is kind of messed up because, like, you know, if we get more ice time, we get better things than they do. We get more equipment and stuff like that, and it's coming straight from them. So yeah. it's definitely not very fair to those guys because they're trying to do the exact same thing as we are, um, and it just isn't very uh, affordable for them. So, I, yeah, it's – I think, like, yeah, happen. the USHL and stuff is, like, fine without being free, like the null and everything. Like, that's fine because it's not taking money from lower end. A lot of those guys are, like, rich owners and stuff, and – and they bring in, you know, they bring in some of their own money. Oh, fans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They got money to, like, be spending, which is yeah. sick. So you think <laughs> if it came from not, the right, not from the right like, yeah, younger people, exactly. and that's why the demographic side of the East Coast is tough to start going free after it's been money, like, ever since guys were playing it so long ago. Like, yeah. 10 years ago when it was, like, the EJ, it was so good. And guys were even paying a little money then, like, that – it at least helps it for the junior B teams back then. Yeah, so if they could make it free through the fans paying with tickets and sponsorship yeah, instead yeah. of from, like, a lower, lower program. Yeah, yeah. I think they're just trying sense. to make the league better because you get better players when it's free. I think that was like, it makes sense why they did it in another, like, uh, side of it. It makes sense. You, you get better players when it's free. Mm-hmm. They wanted their league to become better again, like, back when it wasn't, like, when the EJ and everything, so. 
I think that's why. But gotcha. I mean, know. even when it was the Premier League, there was a lot of guys. And that it cost money. Free. I know, but there were a lot of guys that were still playing. Free. Yeah, but the whole league wasn't. The so, league like, still guys yeah. on the team were paying stuff. Yeah. Like, there's always going to be yeah. deals cut at every level. But yeah. No, absolutely. Are there too many junior leagues? <laughs> yeah. Oof. I think so. For sure. I think yeah. so. Yeah. There Especially because you can go up to Canada, too. And yeah. So many up there, too. Like, names Canada I don't know. Like, insane S-I-J-H-L. Exactly. Yeah. Canada has insane Heard of that one? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's also the thing is I don't even think I'm aware of all of them that exist. There's, yeah, there's exactly. too many to keep track of, there's honestly, so at this many. point. So it kind of, that's where you start to, like, you know, leagues get a little washed out and you don't really know which leagues to trust anymore because there's so many of them. But it's, like, hard, too, because, like, you want to let teams join, too, and expand the game because you want like, kids to more opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. You want uh, kids like, to have a place to yeah, play. Adding and, random know. teams and random leagues just for, like, money or something or just, like, to say, okay, you join our league for money. Yeah. And they join the league and the team sucks and there's no, like, care about it. Like, that sucks to see. Like playing shitty teams, like, sucks. Do you think hockey players juice? Wow, that's interesting. Wait, no, I don't it? think so. Are hockey players Jews? No, not <laughs> juice. Juice, like juicing, like steroids. Oh. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. Um... Like I don't think I don't think I don't think it's common at all. Nah, like I don't think so. I've met. I bet there's players in the NHL that, that have done it. For, yeah. like, I think like maybe fighters. Yeah, maybe back then, but I don't think. You think steroids? But what about fucking uh, what is it, Lance, Lance Armstrong, Armstrong stuff? Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking about that. I've always I don't think he, that I don't stuff, think hockey players use that. Why? <laughs> you think hockey players blood dope? Dude, you could fly around. I was about to say you look at buzz. Like, you, you don't see it a little bit. controversial like, statement. Yeah, like, a little bit. Like, breaking news, Tyler Dill accuses no, no, David no, of uh, no. things. take that one. They get a random drug test in the bubble they tomorrow. Both failed. <laughs> they both failed, though. And, like, I was like, I'm fucking CNN that reported me. I'm like, yeah, oh, honestly, God. yeah. <laughs> honestly, I was watching the game. And, you know, these guys are seeing a lot out there. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah. Dude, you can, but like, I don't think anyone does. To be honest, uh, but like, no, I don't think. But so. also, they have like a good like work to rest rate too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, they have the best nutrition. They have the best everything, dude. Like, exactly. they, they, no. Yeah, no. I'm There's no that. shot they do. I'm, I'm no. taking no. No, they definitely no, don't do it. I don't think so. Just saying, you don't count it out. But. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
So, and you would have to take that, like, literally right before the test yeah. to piss 300 like that. Like, even if you played a game, like, I'm pretty sure by the time you sweat and stuff, it would be lower than that, I would guess. But I, I don't know for sure. I've just never heard so of it. So, my opinion on caffeine is I like it. Same. Yep. So, <laughs> I think, yeah. Oh, I think it's unreal. No. It's definitely need it. Yeah. It's a legal PED, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Should fighting be allowed in hockey? Do you think it takes away from the game, or if you took it out of the game, it would just change? It wouldn't be hockey anymore. Fighting should 100% be a part of yeah, it. Yeah, hockey should never end, or it should never leave hockey. I think it is, you know, I, uh, if anything, I just, I think the game's already started to move from, like, the stage fighting. Yeah. Um, I think fighting, there should be a reason. but it's accountability. Exactly. If guys want to, like, you know, if guys get mad enough, they should definitely be able to throw, uh, that's, that's the yeah, great thing exactly. about hockey. It's, dude, it's, yeah, the it's, most, awesome. it's the most high emotion yeah, sport. That's exactly. why the fights happen. Like, yeah. dude, the amount of times I almost fought someone, I don't think I've done that with other, maybe other sports, but hockey definitely more than any other. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But that's just the reason. It's such an intense sport, and it's like a protection thing too. Like, because there's some exactly. stuff that the refs can't do. Like, yeah. like you got guys running around. Yeah, and, like, the guys wouldn't do. Like, yeah. that's what like keeps the game fucking safe. Yeah. Exactly. So yes, fighting should be a part of fighting. Should, yeah. Definitely be a yeah. part. So you see in the news a lot lately that everyone is changing their names, like Aunt Jemima, and some of the baseball teams and stuff like that are all changing their names right now. Do you think that the Blackhawks should change their name? Is it offensive to Native Americans? No, I don't think the Blackhawks is about at all because the way it was originated, it's more of a memorial thing and it's comes from a really good place. It's kind of more to create awareness, I feel like, for uh, that. And, like, they made it – They it really isn't about just, like, the name Blackhawks. There's an actual reason they have it. Um, Do you know the reason? I don't that know the full – Blackhawk. I don't know the full – He took down like, multiple – He took down the original five nations and won a Stanley Cup. <laughs> <laughs> they named it the Blackhawks. Dude, you were on fire today. With the controversial statement, dude. <laughs> no, they actually have a really good reason behind yeah. it, though. It's super awesome, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. They got approached to change their name during, like, the whole uh, name-changing stage of things. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They, they put out a statement that said, like, no, like, ours is not, like, uh, racial discrimination or any racial injustice. It's, this is our reason for it, and it actually had a really good reason. Yeah. I don't remember it. Yeah. Like, it was, like, the same thing, seemed like more of a celebration. Yeah, yeah it was exactly. a celebration yeah. of, like, the Indian culture, or yeah. Native American culture, I should say. Yeah. I like that. How do you guys feel about contract lengths in the NHL? Do you think that they should be limited to season by season? Oh, absolutely not. No uh, way. No, no shot. No shot your contract's huge. You earn yeah. that. You earn those years with your play. Like exactly. If, you, if you're if you're an elite player in the league, you deserve to have that security to know you're going to be in the same spot for like however many years. Like yeah. And I think teams wouldn't want that either because teams want to sign their like franchise players. Like, exactly. They're not going to want to have McDavid on a year to year contract. I do yeah. like though that like you you hear that interview with Rob Deerdeck and he talks about that they told him he signed a ten year contract on his tenth year they said. We're signing you to two more years, and then that's your last one. And he said those two years was the hardest he ever worked because he had to work two more years for another contract. Yeah. Then they offered him a big contract. He said, no, I'm only signing two years deals because it made him work harder, he said. So it would be kind of cool if they would shorten the deals. Like a 10-year deal is pretty crazy how much a player is going to change in those years. Yeah. Where it's yeah like I, if think, it was, I think there should be a max. Year yeah, I think sure. like 
Like, you get a guy a three-year deal, he's going to work his bag off because he knows after three years he can negotiate for more money, or you guys come right back at him and negotiate less because he didn't perform those three years. So exactly. I think exactly. it would put more pressure on guys wow, and make them work harder. Well, sick. Yeah, it would be it, nasty. I think Dude, another oh thing God. is, like, like that. Yeah, what you want to think about yeah, is, like... for sure. So that's my answer. Like, it's also, it's also yeah. a loyalty yeah. thing, too. Like, you look at, like, the NBA now, like, guys are changing teams every year. Like, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, that sucks. Like. I know, but I'm saying <laughs> comparing the leagues. Like, I think it's cool to have, like, a guy, like, become, like, huge in, like, a community. Like, yeah, but you sign that 10-year contract and you play five years, new coach comes in, your sixth year, you're like, I don't like this organization no more or anything. And it's like, you're in this 10-year, like, bid. Yeah, you got to work your way there's out a of lot that. Of, there's a Instead lot of, of like, you can really feel out the organization and it's, like, a, a guy, like, I don't know. Someone, I don't even want to name names now because we're getting all controversial, I guess. Over <laughs> like, I don't know. If I, like, you're in the league. You play two years with the team. The organization starts to change, and it's like you do have opportunity to leave without having to, like, sewer the team. But this team's have to treat you right for three years to keep you. It's. I think it'd be well, good for both think, sides. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the limit. Yeah, the limit. I think the limit would be cool. Like what, limit, what limit are you thinking, like, for years? I think five years. Yeah, I was just yeah, five years. Five would be five sick. Five would be a good, good number. Because, you know, you, you still you want to get guys years, that deserve five a five. years, guys. You, you, player changes in five years. Oh, oh yeah. The league's getting so young now, too. It's crazy. Like, I think that's one of the reasons the entry level is only – you can max entry level three years. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. So, it's like – that'll tell you if this guy's going to be an NHL guy for – a while, or he's got a couple years, or he's See, not going to be able to make it. Limit, huh? Yeah, exactly. three years. Perfect. Yeah, that's. I think they should go three, five, eight. Yeah. An older guy getting eight, though, he's got to be pretty good, which would be pretty sick. That but like, after that, you got to get age maybe, into maybe, it. Maybe the eights are like super rare. Like you know, what I mean? yeah, like, yeah, like, it's like, not like a common. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. like a franchise player could be an eight. But like, yeah, I would like to like before thirty, you can't sign an eight. You can only sign a thirty after you're thirty. You can sign an eight. Because thirty is old though. That's like exactly. You're, you gotta you're be nasty. Till you're thirty-eight. You gotta be yeah. nasty. Like Marlowe's forty-two. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I signed him to an eight. Marlowe's like an. Oh my god! Imagine that. Eight at, at age thirty, you signed him oh to an eight. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, for sure. But like, like guys could earn their eight. Okay. Like, would you sign Matthews to an eight right now? Dude, yeah, I feel like I hundred percent. You I could because he's just getting better. But like, in my mind, if he, could, if he could come back with give me three years at this much money, then in three years we're gonna renegotiate, and I'm expecting more money off these numbers. I'm gonna produce like it would make exactly. him exactly. And he's sick. not even thirty yet. Exactly, so was bad. that was a bad fucking. No, I know, but it was. The, <laughs> yeah. well, I, I got my side into it. It was I found this article. Found this article online from Fox Sports, and it is called Top 10 NHL Controversies. So it was written back in October 20th of 2016. Marty McSlorley. McSorley. Marty McSorley versus John... Sorley. McSorley. Sorley? McSorley. McSorley. Yeah. Yeah. Marty McSorley versus Donald Barshar. Brashier. I'm surprised someone knows. This. Okay, so okay. let when me. When you flash him in the face? Yes, that's what this is. So I'll read yeah, the quote to you. I think I saw that. Then saw Bruins that. defenseman Marty McSlurry. Sorry, I'm retarded. Call him Marty Mick. Like, Marty Mick. Um, in February 21st of 2000, slashes to the helmet of then Canucks forward Donald Barchet leads to a career-ending suspension for McSlurry 
and off-ice court battle. A court finds McSlurry picture, why do they say her name so much? Pictured guilty of assault and he serves 18 months of probation. Wow. Wait, so because that... he slashed this guy on ice, they called it assault and he got 18 months of probation. Have you seen the video? Do you think that something that happens on ice should be allowed to be taken to court? Wow, do you think that, that should be a crossover? I I do because yeah. I, I, you can yeah. you could seriously that you could you if you use the stick as a weapon it turns into a weapon. You have yeah. eyes on the bottom yeah. of the feet, you know. No, and he he baseball swung him in the face. Like imagine was, if was, Jackie Chan played insane. hockey. You know how much how many like how much lives he could take with his little kick. Yo, are you kidding me? You're gonna bring Jackie Chan? <laughs> <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, your skates are so dangerous, like, and your stick. No one's kicking each other. Yeah, dude. I don't, yeah, I was talking about keeping hockey, like, realistic here. Like, Jackie Chan's I'm not going to come to the league. I'm just saying, it's like, you have dangerous guys down the lasso on the ice. <laughs> but no, I see what you're saying. Like, teams could bring guys in, that's just, like, they like, could hurt someone. But, you but know, the, I don't league think that the league itself, does, yeah. the league does pay attention to that stuff. They find people, they suspend people, they take people out of the league, but do you think that it should be taken over to the legal side? Yeah, that's tough because I don't know how much you, like, when would the limit be drawn when you can take it to the court and stuff? Like, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, I understand that there, it definitely could happen, you know what I mean? Like, something crazy could happen on the ice that needs to be sorted out in legal measures. Yeah. Rare case. It's a rare case. All right. Final question is another very controversial thing that's going on actually in the news right now. So there's a more famous podcast than mine. Can't believe that. But Spit and Chicklets, they talk about the NHL. They had Jeremy Roenick on. He said something, a comment about a NHL interviewee, and her name's Catherine Taffrin. And because of what he said on this podcast, he was kicked off of his job, and they called it Vince. Well, they kicked him off, and then he came. He was done with it, and he like had kind of moved on. But he's now he's claiming he's suing him and claiming him anti-straight discrimination. And he's going to sue NBC Sports. I was just surprised that Barstool didn't edit that out. Same. Yeah. I think they, I think they gave him the option. They like, no, I don't. You don't think so? I think they did. I think they're not. They, they always they let the, the players. Yeah, you, they let all the They'll talk for a while, and then they edit out stuff that like, they, they don't want they, on there. They let them listen to it and take out the stuff they want to take out before they air it. I know that. Exactly. So, that's why I'm surprised that they didn't that's, do that. Exactly. No, they that's did. All, that's and Ronick no, did that's say take exactly. it out. Exactly. Zach is just surprised that he... Oh, that he did that Ronick did it. Yeah. yeah. I'm just surprised. Yeah, he's just like, you, you work at right. NBC, you can't... Here we go. This is on New York Post, and it was written December 24th, 2019. And it talks about the thing. It says, Ronick, the 49-year-old former NHLer and current NBC hockey analysis, appeared on Spit and Chicklets podcast this week and joked about a threesome with his on-air co-host. Amongst other remarks involving NBC sports personnel, he was later suspended indefinitely by the network. While Jeremy and I can – oh, this is from Tappan – while Jeremy and I continue to be good friends, what he said was unacceptable, especially among worst workplace colleagues. I do not condone his comments. She said that to keep her job. She, you think so? Yeah. 
So what Jeremy Roenick is doing now is he's counter-suing the claims saying that the network suspended him for being straight. What was the term again? Anti- Anti-straight discrimination. Anti-straight discrimination. How do you guys feel about all of this? So you guys said that you felt he shouldn't. They should have edited that part out. Yeah, no, I definitely think it's kind of crazy what he said. You know, on air, I would probably never say something like that. You know, it's especially of someone of his caliber. Like it's it's going to go around to everyone in this day and age. Everyone's going to hear it, especially on such a big. Podcast. Exactly. So yeah, there's obviously people that are going to get offended by that, and it's you know in this day and age, it's going to get. Uh, you know, blown out of Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, like for me, Jeremy Ronick, he's a great role model for me. Like my first Instagram picture, ZDill19, you guys go check it out, uh, has Jeremy Ronick in it. Yeah, he's a great guy. I mean, sucks what happened to him. No, I think he has a comfortable, like he was comfortable with Catherine enough to the point where he said that and he thought it was okay because he didn't think it was going to blow up like it did. And Catherine and him are still friends, I think. Yeah. But she had to say that so that she didn't get walked all over and the sports media world, because imagine if she all of a sudden becomes like the, you, every time she reports, she's known as like the threesome lady or something. Like she had to say something professional to keep her job as much professional as she could. And also like, I don't think, it might hurt their relationship and stuff, but I, I think Ronick felt a com- like a level of comfortability. That's why he said it. Like, yeah. He's just, I, I think it was just like, I don't know. I think it was just a mistake. Like, he just made a mistake by saying that. So you don't think he should have lost his job? I don't know. That's not for me to say. I understand them firing him. I also think that maybe it was a little too harsh of a punishment. I don't really know the nuances of that industry. Like, obviously, I mean, if you work for NBC, like, you're a public figure. Yeah. You can't be saying whatever you want on in a public setting like I that. think it's about the colleague too like what happens if they have to cover, cover the Stanley Cup playoffs together like exactly. you don't think social media is going to blow that up out of proportion yeah. just a little and that's like a, a negative look for NBC to have it's everything like talked about in that manner everything's under such a microscope right so it's like I don't know for him to level, say yeah. that in that situation just I think it just was just like super stupid obviously he was joking and like yeah but it was just not a smart I don't know what he was thinking. Well, he said the story was while he was on vacation. And they went on vacation together, so they were good friends. She even made in the comment here that they remain good friends. And the incident happened prior to this interview, prior to everyone else knowing. So she never reported it as a sexual abuse or, like, a abuse in the workplace. So I think, personally, she didn't feel offended. I think some of the listeners felt offended, and that's why NBC reacted that way. I don't think he should have lost his job. I don't know what the repercussions should have been. Maybe a redactment of that statement and an apology. But yeah, that's exactly I think right. it was an aggressive thing for him to lose his job. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yep. Definitely yeah. was a steep punishment. Yeah. I agree with that. All right. Thank you, guys. <laughs> That's the last one? That was the last one. Those were all my questions. Thank you for coming on and doing this with me. Oh, that was fun. Thank yeah, you. Thank that you was, for that having was us, cool. That was awesome. <laughs> <little take. laughs> all right. Signing off.